right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Because plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. E.G. Marshall, who shares with you an interest which few can deny in strange tales of the macabre, stories that arise from suppressed motives and odd personal experiences. You've heard no doubt of ESP, extrasensory perception. Do you believe that such a gift exists? The power to perceive the thoughts of another? Believe me, it does. In some persons, it has been developed to a high degree, and there is scientific evidence to prove such a contention. Our mystery drama, The Doctor's Evidence, was written especially for Mystery Theater by Roy Windsor and stars Francis Sternhagen and Tony Roberts. It is sponsored in part by the Greyhound Ameripath and True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The standard engine is a V8. Standard tires, steel-belted radials. There are front and rear stabilizer bars, special springs and shock valving, fast ratio power steering, and a rally steering wheel. What makes all this interesting is that it belongs to a full-size six-passenger Buick, the 1977 LeSabre Sport Coupe. You'll have to drive it to believe it. Try Tatiana, the unique floral fragrance by Diane von Furstenberg. Now available in special gift packaging at the Diane von Fuchtenberg Cosmetic Counter and all fine stores. Stop the music. This is Santa Claus. Can I get personal with you for a moment? The Livingston Mall has permitted me to get down to the bare facts of Christmas shopping. <laughs> now that ought to get your attention. I'm pleased to announce that I'm adding a bear to my roster of reindeer help. Not just any bear, but Yogi Bear. Yogi will be joining me this month for an extended visit to New Jersey's Livingston Mall. You'll find me in my library not far from Yogi, Augie Doggy, Fred Flintstone, and the whole Jellystone gang. And don't forget the mall's 120 quality stores under one roof, ready to fill all your holiday shopping needs. So come on out and say hello to old Santa and my pal Yogi Bear at the Livingston Mall. We're just minutes away from exit 4A, Route 280. Now, if the reindeer union will go along with that bear. One definition of extrasensory perception is the perception of another person's thoughts and actions not received by the senses. At one time or another, most of us have had the experience of knowing what another person was thinking. A strange experience. The kind which psychical research has been studying at least since 1882, 
when the Society for Psychical Research was founded. Share with me this strange story of Ellen Robertshaw, who had this supernormal faculty. After an automobile accident, it seemed to increase, as Ken, her husband, explains to his secretary, Kay. Ellen had the gift, or whatever you want to call it. It's ghastly. Falling to her death. Can you imagine what thoughts went through that poor woman's head? Could she have anticipated her death? I have no idea, Kay. No, no, that would be magic. Do you believe in ESP, clairvoyance? Well, they're not the same things. ESP is uh, telepathy. I'm told it's a scientific fact. But you do believe in telepathy and that Ellen had the faculty? I, well, I, I really don't know. You surprise me. How so? You're a hard-headed, practical businessman. This occult bit seems out of character. Oh, now it's occult. Now, 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 don't assume I believe in telepathy. I'm still a skeptic. All the same, Ellen surprised me several times in the past few years by seeming to read my thoughts. That could have been uncomfortable. Well, sometimes, yes, but... Uh, well, that's all behind us now. So it is. When's the funeral? Well, I haven't thought about it. I'll have to talk over the arrangements with her son. Bruce, is that right? Yes, he's at the hospital now. He is? I thought he lived in Philadelphia. Oh, he does, but he's here. He arrived at the building just after Ellen fell before me. Should uh, I attend the services? I don't think so, Kay. Ellen suspected you and me. She probably said so to her son. I see. Okay. I can't help loving you. That's nice to hear. All the same, you could have divorced, Ellen. I never liked our, our furtive relationship. I felt so hypocritical. Marked the other woman. Well, you won't be any longer. We'll be married, Kay. Say, in six months. It's what I've always wanted. Six months. Well, why do you say it that way? It's hard to explain. It's almost as if we'd been waiting for your wife to die. Say she hadn't, Ken. Then what would have happened? How long could I have continued to be your your office wife? Darling, I would have divorced Ellen. But you didn't. Well, believe me, I'm... I'm sorry she died a violent death, but it's a fact. I'm free now. So are you. I wonder. What's the matter with you, Kay? Well, you say she was telepathic. Could she have anticipated her own death? Oh, how the devil would I know? You mean, did she intimate to me that she was going to die? Of course not. When I left for work this morning, she seemed to be all right. Still weak, but alert. Stretched out on the living room couch. What is all this, Kay? Why is her son, Bruce? Uh, what's his last name? Ellis, Bruce Ellis. He's a lawyer in Philadelphia. What about him? Why did he appear in New York just after his mother fell to her death? Because he was in the city, and naturally he'd come to say hello to us. Well, to her, he never liked her approve of me. Could Ellen have transferred her thoughts to him? What if she did? Are you suggesting that he arrived here because she indicated she was going to die? Isn't that possible? Oh, I don't know. And anyway, so what? Maybe she knew when and how she was going to die. But she didn't say anything to you. Not a word. Why? Curiosity, that's all. For some reason, her death haunts me.
more coffee, Ken? No, thanks. I have to get home. You're depressed. Of course I am. You and your mumbo-jumbo about telepathy. How do you know she had the faculty, if that's what you call it? I still don't know, but a doctor, a dry old stiff named Max Croft, was pretty convincing. That was about two months ago. I was visiting Ellen in the hospital after work, and Dr. Croft was there with her. Ken, how kind of you to come by. Of course I'd come by, my dear, haven't I, every night since they brought you in here? Uh, Hello, Dr. Croft. Good evening, Mr. Robertshaw. Ellen's made very good progress. No after effects from the concussion, and I'll have the cast off her arm in a month. Oh, that's good news. No complications? Only slight psychic trauma, but that'll fade away. I... I had a premonition about the accident. I knew it was going to happen. When it did, I even knew who ran into my car. Oh, I see. So did the police. They found the two cars smashed up. I mean, before that. Isn't that, uh, ESP? No. It's clairvoyance. Not the same thing at all. Well, whatever you say. I don't understand either one or happen to believe in them. What about my two-year-old grandson? I told you about that, Max. Was I correct? Well, it would seem so, Ellen. I know that you were worried about the little boy. More than worried. Frightened. I knew he had more than a common cold. He had a dangerous virus. How in heaven's name could you know that, Ellen? I don't know. But ever since being hospitalized, I seem to have acquired whatever you want to call it. Uh, Telepathy is the name of the faculty. You believe in that stuff, Dr. Croft? Oh, without question. And you know what happened, Ken. Mm Mm-hmm. Your son challenged the doctor, and sure enough, the little boy did have a dangerous virus. And you claim that you put that thought in your son's head, eh? I think so. That's fantasy. The doctor spotted the virus. Not at first. The sickness was diagnosed as a common cold. Well, have it your own way. I'm glad you're feeling good, dear. It's lonely home without you. Well, I'll say goodnight. Give my regards to Kay. Yes, I'll do that. Uh, Good night, Doctor. I'll be leaving too, Ellen. Have a good rest. I'll be by in the morning. Thank you. And Ken, ask Kay to stop by some afternoon. I'd like to see her. Um, you got a moment, Dr. Cross? Of course. Has Ellen's mind been affected? No, indeed. But that junk about ESP, clairvoyance, that doesn't sound rational to me. Were you kidding her, or do you believe in such things? Second sight, that kind of thing? Well, you've asked me a very involved question. Those terms are not interchangeable. We assign all manifestations of supernormal knowledge derived from another person's mind to telepathy. Your wife appears to have had such a manifestation from her son, Bruce. He was concerned about his little boy. His mother, your wife, shared that concern and telephoned him. Then he harried the pediatrician. You can derive knowledge from another person's mind? Well, some persons can. I myself, for example, cannot. The evidence for supernormal cognition is very extensive, and it's impressive. Ellen seems always to have had the faculty, however slight. The accident seems to have increased her power. And, uh, clairvoyance, it's not the same thing, eh? No. A clairvoyant does not derive supernormal knowledge from the mind of another. He just derives it, and that's all. Haven't you ever sat in a room with another person and discovered that both of you were thinking about the same thing? I'm afraid I'll have to pass, Doctor. (laughs) 
Well, I've taken up your time. Oh, perfectly all right. Psychical research is an intriguing subject. Your wife does have the telepathic faculty, and I suspect she also has an ability with clairvoyance. Uh, may I ask a question? Certainly. But I'm curious to know what your wife meant when she said, give my regards to Kay. My secretary, Kay Tyler. I'm meeting her for dinner at uh, 6.30. Ellen knew that? I, um... I suppose I mentioned it to her when I spoke with her this afternoon. I see. Well, enjoy yourself. Good night, Mr. Robertshaw. What you've just told me is pretty spooky stuff, Ken. I don't think so. Something happened to Ellen. Ever since she got home from the hospital, she's talked weirdly. Did Did you tell her that you were having dinner with me? Oh, I must have. But you don't know. And now this. Dead from a fall from the eighth floor. And it was only a week ago I called on her. Remember how uncomfortable the visit became? Yes. Vividly. Kay, how nice to see you. Ken told me how quickly you were recovering, but I, I had to see for myself. Dr. Croft says I'm almost completely well. Oh, see, the cast is off her arm. Can you have some tea and toast or something stronger? Oh, no, no, thank you. I just... Stop by to pay my respects. I have a date, so I have to go home and change. But thank you. A date? I'm glad to hear that. You're such a lovely-looking young woman and so bright. I'm surprised some man hasn't insisted that you marry him. I enjoy my freedom and my independence. Those are precious rights. But they don't have to be given up in marriage, and marriage does offer many benefits. Uh, darling, I wish you wouldn't urge Kay to get married. She's my secretary. I don't know what I'd do if she left me. I know that, Ken, but you're being selfish. Please stop by whenever you're in the neighborhood. Ken often talks about you. If I didn't know him, I think I might be jealous. <laughs> I'd better be running along, Mrs. Robertshaw. Take care of yourself. See her to the door, darling. Uh, yes, of course. It was good of you to stop by, Kay. Never again, Ken. She's got claws. Oh, good night, Ken. That was, uh... Nice of her, wasn't it, Ellen? Very. I hope you won't mislead her, Ken. Pardon me? Mislead her. At the moment, she's infatuated with her boss, you. Oh? I'm not aware of it. <laughs> Ken, how transparent you are. She loves you, and you're in love with her. It's the oldest story in the world. You're going through the middle-aged death dance. If you give yourself half a chance, you'll recover. What is this, more telepathy? Oh, I don't need telepathy to know what's going on. Heavens, it's as plain as the blush on your cheek. Just don't hurt her, Ken. She really is a fine young woman. I wouldn't think of hurting her. You might. In fact, I think that you will. Is that uh, intuition or more of that uh, telepathic twaddle? A little of both. My instinct tells me that you might break her heart. My telepathic faculty warns me that you will. And what else do you uh, foresee? You know, Ken. And I'm very sorry for the three of us. What must it be like to live with someone who has a telepathic faculty? From what I've read... 
This supernormal knowledge can be aroused by a very strong emotion. And from what we've heard so far, Ellen, outwardly composed, must be seething with jealousy because it's evident that her husband loves Kay. Jealousy is a very strong emotion. What it leads to, we will discover when I return shortly with Act Two. Now, a warm Christmas message from Scrooge. Flying home for the holidays? Bah, humbug. Greyhound announces two penny-pinching travel plans from December 1st through January 2nd. The Holiday in Meripos. Two weeks unlimited travel for only $139. Save $100, $200, even more of a regular round-trip air coach traveling with a child. Or Greyhound Santa Claus Fair. Save parents extra on shorter round trips out of state. Charge with bank cards. Each plan allows you to take your child under 12 along free, like this tidy chap. Tim? Bless you, Greyhound. And Greyhound will carry your gifts, too. Ship them in time for Christmas for sure from any Greyhound station or from special gift shipping centers in many major city shopping centers. One more time, Nippa. Bless you, Greyhound. What's for dinner has an old familiar ring. Where does a mother go for the best of everything? What's for dinner? To save you time during this busy holiday season, ShopRite is featuring quick and easy, satisfying meals. Fresh, lean ground shark. Good so many ways, just 79 cents a pound. ShopRite hamburger rolls, 10-ounce packages, three for one dollar. ShopRite king-size beef franks, another year-round favorite, 89 cents for a one-pound package. ShopRite mixers, 28-ounce bottles, five for 99 cents. And for all your holiday needs, toys, trimmings, and wrappings, to Shop ShopRite, the holiday place. My name is René Charbot, and here in France, my vintage Charbot champagne is so highly regarded. It costs about as much as Piper, Moet, or Mum. Ah, but prices change when Champagne leaves France. For a piper, Moet, or Mann to get to America, they go through large importers who mark up the price substantially, then to distributors who add at least another 20%, and finally to your store. But Charbot is shipped directly from my vineyards to my export director, Monsieur Portier, in New York. He then distributes them to fine wine shops where Charbot Vintage Champagne is sold for only $8.99, about $5 less a bottle than Piper Moet or Mann. Try Charbot and pay only for fine champagne, not for its journey across the Atlantic. Charbot, the imported champagne without the importer's profit. Imported by Patrick G. Portier, New York, New York. Philosopher Descartes wrote, That God has foreordained everything is self-evident. That means that the course of one's life is like a road from birth to eternity. Sometimes we wish that we could see what's in store for us around the next curve, but we can't. Some of us claim to be able to do so, and there is evidence that events 
have been foreseen, but clairvoyance is by no means accepted as fact. Telepathy is. Before her fall to death, Ellen Robertshaw had been hospitalized after an automobile accident, and her son, Bruce, came to visit her. You look good, Mother. Very good. Don't you agree, Dr. Croft? I do. I'll have her home in a few days. <laughs> You're very good, Bruce. No, no, I mean it. Running up from Philadelphia once a week, twice right after my accident, Molly must wonder if she's got a husband. How is she, by the way? And how's my grandson? Oh, they're fine. Was Molly disturbed by my telephone call? No, 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 no. Of course not. She knows how much you love the baby. But she is a doubting Thomas, isn't she? Well, yes. Bruce, let me ask you something and give it some thought before you reply. Oh, all right. I knew... Let me repeat that. I knew that your little boy was ill. Seriously ill. How did I know that? Oh, I, I don't know, Mother. But he was ill. All right. How did you know? Telepathy. Your thoughts, your worry, were transmitted to me and in turn my concern to you. Can you doubt it? Didn't I telephone right from this hospital room and express my concern? I told Dr. Croft how worried I was, didn't I, Max? Yes, you did. You see? Well, even if I see, I don't understand. Neither does Molly. I often know what a person is thinking, Bruce. How can you? How does that work? Max. Before I try to answer that question, uh, tell me, Bruce... Were you aware of your mother's concern about your little boy? You mean, did her thoughts come into my head? Well, yes, but I couldn't say through telepathy. I know mother loves her grandson, so naturally we didn't want to worry her when he became ill. She had enough to worry about, her, her injuries and the accident and... Well, you may be right, Bruce. On the other hand, your mother has startled me several times by apparently reading my thoughts. How I feel about her husband, for example. Well, no one has to be a mind reader to know that, Dr. Croft. I feel the same way about Kent. But you're saying that Mother has this, uh, this telepathic faculty, hmm? Yes. Ideas may be telepathetically transmitted without conscious effort between the agent and the percipient. Uh, a percipient is one capable of perceiving. Your mother as agent and you as percipient make contact through your subliminal minds. And uh, that big word needs to be defined. Subliminal means below the level of consciousness. You're saying that I've got the uh, telepathic faculty? Well, to some degree, every one of us has it. Most persons are potential agents and percipients. Some more so than others. But I'm talking fact, Bruce. There is such a thing as telepathy. When is Mother being released from the hospital? Oh, there's no reason your mother can't leave by Friday, day after tomorrow. You'll be weak for a while, Ellen. Most bed patients are after they're discharged, but except for your arm in a cast, you're in good health. Mother, do you want me to... No, no, no. No, my goodness, I can get home by myself. I mean, Ken will pick me up. Will you see him before you return to Philadelphia? I don't think so, Mother. I don't want to be rude, but... Uh, well, it's... It's what he's doing to you that makes me angry. You know, of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, it doesn't take a mind reader to know he's got big stars in his eyes for that secretary of his. At least you know. 
Why don't you get rid of him, Mother? I may. Why hesitate? Tell him goodbye. And then come visit us. Take a trip. Life begins at... 49, perhaps. Well, if you'll excuse me. Uh, for what it's worth, Ellen, I concur with Bruce. Your husband's a calculating man. Let him have his Kate Tyler. I'll see. Bruce, my love to Molly and the little boy. Tell her not to be too upset. Upset? Oh, you mean about the facts about telepathy. Well, I'll try. On some subjects, however, Molly's mind is closed. That's not what I was referring to. No? You'll find out when you return to Philadelphia. What are you talking about, Mother? I can't say. Or maybe I'd rather not. I could be wrong. A decision can be changed. Maybe it will be. I hope so. But I have my doubts. What is it, Kay, darling? You're off in space. Is anything the matter? Everything's the matter, Ken. I'm going to have to break it off. I see. I wish you did. I just can't stand being two-faced anymore. If you want me as much as you've said you do, do something about it. Otherwise, let me go. Leave Ellen. Look, I'm not trying to break up a marriage, but you say it isn't one, so I'm not really the other woman. If you haven't got a marriage, why don't you end it? All right. I'll speak to her tonight and pack up and leave. You've said that before. You call me. I won't call you. Meaning? I won't see you anymore, Ken, until I can be seen with you in the light of day. Tomorrow's Friday. My last at the office. There are other secretaries in the company who'll jump at my job. You won't be hung up. But tomorrow's my last day in the romantic shipping business. All right, we'll see about that. After I've spoken to Ellen, I'll come over to your place. Now, you'll be home, won't you? I don't know. I'd like to believe you, but... I'll be by. Now, stop acting like a silly schoolgirl and... Come on, eat your lunch. Oh, Ken. Hello? Uh, is that you, Dr. Croft? Yes, Bruce. I'm telephoning from Philadelphia. Is my mother all right? Why, yes. She's been home over a week now. I'd say she's completely recovered. Oh, you're no longer calling on her? Why, no. What well, is it, Bruce? I've been feeling all day long that something's wrong. I see. It may seem foolish, but... Not at all. It's, uh, let me see, two o'clock. I'll pay her a visit within the hour and report back to you. Oh, I'd appreciate that, Dr. Not Trump. at all. I've tried to reach Mother by telephone, and there's no answer. That's odd. What about the maid? I don't know. Earlier in the day, Mother spoke to my wife and told Molly, don't be upset. That's strange. Yes, I thought so. I have no idea what she meant by it. Don't be upset. That's all she said. She wouldn't explain it to Molly. Of course, I am upset. Well, I understand. Uh, let me stop by and pay her a visit, Bruce. I'll telephone you from her place. Ellen, you're white as chalk. Take my arm, my dear. I, I heard your voice, and I, I managed to struggle to the door. I'm all right now. Uh, you sit down. Yeah. Let me take your pulse. 
I don't know what came over me. And I do. Your pulse is very rapid. What's frightened you, Ellen? I, I, I really can't see. Now lie back on the couch and try to relax. Now, what is it? Something's upset you. Tell me. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it, Max. But it, it's all right. Well, I take it you're alone here. Yes. I gave the maid the afternoon off. She's gone down to Richmond. Her sister had a baby, and they're going home from the hospital tomorrow. Have you been awake most of the afternoon? Why? Well, Bruce telephoned you here, but he got no answer. Oh. Oh, dear. Now I've upset both Molly and him. How thoughtless of me. Why did you tell Molly not to be upset? About what? Well, uh, foolishness. Why didn't you answer the telephone, Ellen? I, I tried. But I, I'm still pretty weak. I didn't reach the phone in time. Is that the truth? Why, of course. Well, you should be strong again, Ellen. I don't quite believe there's anything physically wrong with you. Mentally, well, that's another matter. There's nothing wrong with my mind. I'm not saying there is. But the mind, yours especially, can play funny tricks. Fear can affect the body in strange ways. I suspect that fear made it hard for you to move to the telephone when it rang. Now, tell me the truth, Ellen. Isn't that what happened? Yes. I, I just couldn't move. Then I heard your voice through the door, and my, my fear vanished. All right. Now, tell me what you're afraid of. I'm your doctor. I'm also your old friend. Bruce knows. I see. Telepathy? He's afraid for me, and I'm afraid for myself. You're afraid of what? Ken is despondent, Max. And he may do something he'll regret. Well, has he threatened you? No. But he wants to be free. Well, give him his freedom. He isn't worth the powder That's to... That's what I intend to do. If I'm in time. Another riddle. What do you mean by that? I should have proposed a divorce sooner. Now it may be too late. Ellen? Yes, Ken. I'm on the terrace. Busy day? Hmm? Oh, just the usual. Where's the maid? Richmond. She'll be gone for the weekend. Her sister's had a baby. How are you feeling? Better. At least I was when Dr. Croft left me. Oh, why was he here? Uh, Bruce asked him to stop in and see me. Oh? Bruce was worried about me. Why should Bruce be worried about you? What have you got to be worried about? You know, Ken. I do? <laughs> well, then you know more than I do. Oh, 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 I get it. Mind reading. All right. Tell me what I know. Hmm? You won't give up Kay Tyler, but she's given you up. You don't have to be telepathic to know that. What are you going to do about it? I'm prepared to divorce you. But I don't like what you're thinking, Ken. You're a blunt, shallow man. But I never thought you were evil. And it wouldn't do you any good. Or is your mind made up? 
What about money? What about it? You're a rich woman. I like the way we live. I have a will. What does it provide for me? Ordinarily, the husband... Uh... My estate is in trust. In the event of my death, there would be some money for you. But my first husband made certain that Bruce and his children would receive the bulk of it. Death is one thing. Divorce is another. So you'll give me my freedom and nothing else, huh? Wouldn't anything else be in bad taste? Well, maybe we should just keep on as we are. It wouldn't be any more unpleasant than it has been for years, Ken, but aren't you overlooking the other woman? She doesn't like that label, does she? She doesn't think of herself that way. Oh? It's been going on for two years. It won't go on much longer. Kay Tyler is attractive and intelligent, but she's a fool. You've used her. I love her. Then marry her. I'll start divorce proceedings tomorrow. Uh, Ken? You do that, Ellen. Oh, oh, all right. And, and then I, I want to see my grandson once more. And uh, Ken! We have heard, of course, that Ellen Robertshaw died from an accidental fall from her eighth floor terrace. She was so distraught from her unpleasant conversation with her husband that while watering the flowers, suspended in window boxes from the terrace railing, she leaned forward and fell. That seemed straightforward enough, but we know better. At least we might suspect that her fall was not accidental. I shall return in a few minutes with Act Three. Just in time for Christmas, True Value Hardware Stores offer an expensive-looking watch at an inexpensive price. Hi, Pat Summerall to tell you about the Time Band Ladies' Watch from Fairchild, the first low-priced digital watch that doesn't look inexpensive. It's stylishly slim, elegantly contoured, and has a dependable five-function performance of expensive electronic digitals. It shows hours, minutes, month, day, and seconds on command has a quartz crystal that makes it capable of accuracy to within one minute a year. A calendar that automatically adjusts to the proper number of days in each month, so you only have to adjust it on leap year. And the Time Band Ladies' Watch from your True Value Hardware store is entirely solid state, so there are no moving parts to wear out, oil, or maintain. Get the expensive-looking Fairchild Time Band Ladies' Watch for as low as $29.95 at participating True Value Hardware stores. Remember True Value. More than just a name, their way of doing business. This is Bob Fitzsimmons. I want to tell you about making a hidden camera TV commercial about white wine. We went to Niagara Falls, where there were thousands of people from all over America, to get a cross-section. And for two days, I invited people to taste three glasses of great white wines. The most famous and popular imported wine, an equally famous California white wine, and Manischewitz Table White. We videotaped 41 people. They couldn't see the labels. Well, which do you like better? I like this one better. That one. Let's see which one you pick. Mm. It's more pleasant. I like it better, definitely. I normally drink these two wines, too. Mm-hmm. I like the Manischewitz the best. I like the taste. Superb, soft, dry wine. That's a good description. Of all the people we videotaped, more like Manischewitz Table White better than the California wine and the leading imported wine. I did, too. In fact, almost as many chose this totally different Manischewitz White as the other two wines combined. Soft, dry Manischewitz Table White. I'll bet two to one you'll like it best, too. Manischewitz Wine Company, New York. 
There is no mystery to the fabulous flavor of real imported Polish ham. They're fully cooked, always easy to prepare. So say goodbye to cooking over a hot stove when you'd rather be out having fun. How do you do it? Just slice Polish ham for delicious sandwiches. Pile it on salads. Cube it for casseroles. Any way you serve it, Krakus or Antalanta always make delightful, ready-to-eat, enjoyable meals. They're conveniently packed in two, three, five, and seven-pound tins. Or ask for any quantity you need sliced from the large 12-pound size. Keep an extra can of Krakus or Antalanta ham in your kitchen. You'll love the convenience. Your family and guests will love its great taste. Polish hams have been imported for more than 25 years by New York Commodities Corporation. Available at all Acme supermarkets. These days, a great number of married men and women seem to fall in and out of love more easily than they did 20, even 10 years ago. When, if I may say so, the vows pledged were taken more seriously. Because they were, quarrels were resolved and marriages held together. Even a quarrel over the other woman. Ellen and Ken Robertshaw, she especially, tried but failed to resolve his, uh, shall we call it, uh, preoccupation with Kay Tyler. Ellen offered him a divorce, but a dreadful accident intervened. John, what's happened? Oh, Mr. Robert Shaw, he's awful, just awful. I, I what never... happened? Mrs. Mrs. Robert Shaw, she, a policeman phoned for ambulance, but then he keep the crowd away. It, it's a your wife. My wife? She falls. She falls. I can't describe it. Mr. Robert Shaw, I, I still feel sick. There was this awful sound, and I'm a terrible sorry. My my wife fell from the eighth floor? The son, he, he got here just when it happened. He's in the lobby. Oh, I'd better see him. You do that. I'm sorry, Mr. Robert Shaw. Rose? Hello. I arrived too late, just when it happened. I'm... I'm sorry for both of us. I... I hope you believe that, Bruce. I don't. Where you come from? From work. John, the doorman, told me what happened. What did happen? Well, you know as well as I do, Ellen. Tell to her death. Can you prove you just got here? What? Hey, wait a minute. What are you implying? You better have a perfect alibi, Ken. And I mean perfect Spell that out. My mother didn't fall from the terrace. Is that clear enough? If you know that for a fact... I don't know it for a fact, but I know it. How? Tell me how. I'd really like to know. I've known since lunchtime that my mother was in danger. I don't like what you're saying, Bruce. You're a lawyer, so, you know, be careful. You won't get away with it. You've lost me. Get away with what? Your mother fell to her death. She was so weak, she was probably watering the flowers and leaned too far over vertigo and over she went. Uh, Dr. Croft saw her this afternoon. She could hardly walk to the door to let him in. That proves my point. But why I have to prove anything to you, I don't know. I think you threw her over the terrace railing. I'll remember that, Bruce. For an adult and a lawyer, you're a fool. Your mother died an accidental death. That'll be the verdict. 
try to change it to... Well, to what? Murder? Because that's what you want to believe, isn't it? Oh, you're absurd. I arrived here even after you did, and you're implying that I murdered your mother? You'll excuse me. I have to get to the hospital. I don't expect to ever see you again. Bruce. What's happened? You look dazed. Come, sit down. My mother is dead, Dr. Cross. Good heavens. She fell to her death. Oh, my boy, I... I'm shattered. What awful news. I don't know what to say. She didn't fall to her death, Doctor. I think she was murdered. That's a very serious charge, Bruce. I know it. And I can't prove what I'm saying, but I'm sure of what happened. She seemed all right when you paid a call on her this afternoon? I found her frightened. I, I managed to calm her down. I prescribed a relaxant. I thought I calmed you down too, Bruce, but here you are. Why? My mother was in my thoughts all morning long. I was afraid for her. She was trying to tell me something. This. What's happened. I left the office and I boarded a train for New York. I got to Mother's building just as... as it happened. Then I've just come from the hospital. What a dreadful experience. You knew your mother was in danger? Uh, telepathy. It must be. You suspect Robert Shaw, of course. Oh, who else? I don't know how he managed it. He, he says he arrived in front of the building after I did. If he can prove that, he's in the clear. Well, of course, it is possible that your mother did fall over the railing. I don't see how we'll ever know what did happen. What do I do? I don't know. You believe me, don't you, Doctor? Well, certainly. But my opinion doesn't count. I'm... I'm trying to remember what your mother and I said to each other when I called on her. And let me see. As I recall, she asked you to tell Molly that you were not to be upset. Yeah, that's right. What could she have meant by that? Don't if I know. She was afraid for herself... That much I do know. Oh, and uh, she added that Robert Shaw was despondent and might do something he'd regret. I urged her to give Robert Shaw a divorce, and she said she wouldn't. Well, then why would he kill her? I mean, that's what he wanted, wasn't it? Hmm. Well, that doesn't advance us, does it? You said you uh, prescribed a relaxant for her? Yes, she was unnerved. And she didn't answer my telephone call because she had trouble getting to the phone. Is that right, Doc? Well, that's what she told me. Yeah, and it took her a long time to admit you to her flat. Oh, when she knew I was the caller, she lost some of her fear and was able to open the door, yes. It took a while, and she wasn't too steady on her feet. And when you left her? Well, she walked me to the door. So? First, she wasn't able to walk very well, and uh, then she was, huh? Well, fright can do that to a person, Bruce. It can immobilize you. Oh, by all that's holy, I've got it. I have indeed. You're right. It was murder. Hey, hey, what's come over you? Where's Robert Shaw now, do you know? I have no idea. He, he left the hospital before I did. I, I've got a guess, though. I'll bet he went to visit Kay Tyler to tell her the news. Yeah, good boy. Look up her address. We're going to pay her a visit. Who are you calling? The police. 
I want them present to make the arrest. Ken, I think you'd better go now. This isn't nice. I guess not. I told you at lunch I'd stop by after talking with Ellen. But you never got the chance. No. Fate intervened. Ellen knew I was going to divorce her. Or the other way around. That's what she said. Oh? You did talk to her? A few days ago. Yeah, we talked it over. Why didn't you tell me at lunch? Because the details weren't finalized. Now they don't matter. Did you see her tonight before she fell? Well, how could I? I'd just gotten home and there was the ambulance taking her away. Now who? Were you expecting anybody? No. I hardly know anyone. Yes? Uh, are you Kay Tyler? Yes. What are you uh, doing here? And Dr. Trott. Ah, Robert Shaw. Bruce and I have to talk with you. Miss Tyler, I'm Dr. Croft, and this is Mrs. Robert Shaw's son, Bruce Ellis. May we come in? What uh, do you two want? Don't be rude, Ken. Uh, come in, Doctor. Uh, Mr. Ellis. What brings you here? We uh, suspected that Robert Shaw might be here, Miss Tyler. Oh, well, sit down. This is very strange. It's more than that, Miss Tyler. All right, what is it? Say what you have to say and get out. You murdered my mother, Robert Shaw. Oh, no. Now, you're no. a fool, and this is slander. I warned you before... This it... is not an idle accusation. I can prove what Bruce has just said. Oh, you're both fools. Ellen died an accidental death. That's the police verdict. She fell from the terrace. No, she couldn't have fallen. But Kent, Mr. Robertshaw arrived on the scene after the accident. He learned about it from the doorman. Yes, so he says, but that's not the truth. Shall I reconstruct what happened? He came home early... Slipped into the apartment, threw my mother from the terrace, returned to the lobby, and lost himself in the crowd. Then he approached the doorman and asked what had happened. That's a lot of slipping in and slipping out and mingling, Bruce. It doesn't sound plausible to me. It's fantasy. These two dislike me. How can you accuse Ken without proof? Ellen Robertshaw could not have fallen to her death because she couldn't walk. What are you saying, you crazy old fool? Old, yes, a fool, no. I repeat, Mrs. Robertshaw could not walk. When I paid her a visit this afternoon, she had great difficulty reaching the door to let me in. Fear had somehow immobilized her. The cause of her fear was you. She told me as much. You came home early, as Bruce has said, and you talked to her. Remember, Ellen was telepathic. She knew that you were thinking of murder. What's that got to do with her ability to walk? Her fear of you in your presence caused hysterical paralysis. Paralysis? How do you know? My conclusion is altogether medical. What, what is hysterical paralysis? The psychic inhibition of motor function, meaning that hysteria temporarily paralyzed her, making it impossible for her to walk. There was evidence of it when I paid a call on her, and that's because she was afraid of Robert Shaw. She said as much. In his presence, her fears would mount. They mobilized her, and she was practically inert when he threw her from the terrace. Ken... Is this true? It will take some proving. The proof is that my mother could not have fallen accidentally. She couldn't move. Explain that away if you can. 
The police will question the doorman and everyone else who was in here or, or near the apartment when you came home from work earlier than you would have us believe. If she didn't fall accidentally, maybe she... No, 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 not my mother. She didn't take her life. Why would she? Mother told Dr. Croft she was divorcing you. You murdered her, Robert Shaw, and Dr. Croft can prove it. The police. You're a vile man, Robert Shaw. I hope you spend the rest of your life behind bars. Most murders are solved, when they are solved, by painstaking work which goes over every detail which contributed to motive and opportunity. But the apprehending of Ken Robertshaw depended, strangely enough, on a woman's supernormal faculty of telepathy. And that is what, in the end, was his undoing. I'll return shortly. The 1977 Buick Regal. It comes with Buick's terrific V6 engine. It carries six people and lots of Buick comfort. It's lean. It's maneuverable in city traffic. It's the most luxurious mid-sized car Buick builds. Yeah, this new Regal is pretty much everything a car should be. Except for one thing. It isn't yours yet. But it can be. Just see your Buick dealer for a test drive. Soon. How does your laxative work? Many brand name laxatives contain ingredients that expand in your stomach. That's how they work. We know a medicine that works differently. It's in the X-Lax pill. Overnight, the X-Lax pill gently stimulates your system's own regular rhythm. Stimulates your system for relief in the morning. No surprises, just relief in the morning. That's the X-Lax pill. Try it tonight with confidence. For occasional use only as directed, X-Lax pills. Miss Quincy. Yes, sir. Uh, could you take a memo? Memo? Yes, sir. No, there's a person sitting oh. here. Don't sit on our laps, please. He'll kill us. Santa's elves are about to announce a special Photomat Christmas camera outfit at a very special Photomat price. To Santa Claus. From the elves. Mm -hmm. Regarding Vivitar. Regarding the Vivitar camera. Yes, yeah, make a Vivitar makes excellent oh. camera. It's got a built-in electronic flash. It's 150 flashes on a set of batteries. Batteries, batteries are included. And there's a wrist strap and, and a carrying case. Mm. Put in a uh, We're going to give them a cartridge of 110 color print film. Did you mention the coupon? Wait, Quincy. what coupon? Yeah. Photomat discount developing coupon. What you get with the camera. By the time the elves finish this memo, you could be at the Photomat store buying the best pocket camera outfit we've ever offered. A tremendous gift idea for just $34.95. $34.95? Yeah, oh, you got to put quantities are limited. Gee, this is my first memo. Could you read that back? What have we got so far? Well, what I have is regarding... Sounds good to me. I yeah. feel like a real businessman. Hey, lift this cigar up for me. We're going to take a puff here. <laughs> Here's a Christmas film sale. Example, two rolls of Photomat 126 12 exposure color print film for just $1.59. Save more when you buy five at the Photomat store. Greedy folks have long arms. That's an old Scottish proverb, and it's appropriate. Robert Shaw was a hypocritical opportunist. He never loved his wife. He may have loved Kay Tyler, but I'm pleased that she escaped from him. Why didn't he take the divorce and let the money go? Not Robert Shaw. When greed and love, or call it by its proper name, infatuation, combine in one person, he's a threat to normal persons. Our cast included Francis Sternhagen, Tony Roberts, Ralph Bell, Guy Sorrell, and Catherine Butterfield. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule. 
Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. Mystery Theater was also brought to you in part by ShopRite Supermarkets, where you get a lot more for a little less. The preceding program was furnished by CBS Radio. We've been telling you that 100% of your contribution to the WOR Children's Christmas Fund goes to buy gifts for the children. But have you wondered just what sort of gifts your contribution will buy? Well, for example, a $10 donation will buy a hooded sweatshirt, a pair of jeans, a Western shirt, and a knit hat for a boy 7 to 12 years old, and that can mean a lot to a kid who doesn't have much. Help us make Christmas happen. Send your gift to the WOR Children's Christmas Fund, Box 710, Times Square Station, New York, 10036. Your dial is set for news with John Wingate. WOR New York and RKO General Station. New details on Swine Shot Halt. Carter names four. Beam changes court procedure to try to get New York cops back on the street. It's 41 degrees, 6 Celsius in mid-Manhattan. Weather watch outlook, cloudy periods of rain and fog tonight, low in the low 30s. John Wingate with the 8 o'clock report from WOR News. And, of course, tonight's financial review. A public health service spokesman in Washington says the ordered halt to the swine flu inoculation program is the wise course. Spokesman said, quoting here, we cannot say conclusively that there is not an association between the swine flu vaccine and the paralytic disorder. But the spokesman stressed at the same time that there is no evidence the vaccine is causing paralysis. The public health service estimates that about 4,000 cases of French polio occur each year in the United States. One official states... We do not know at this point if there has been an increase this year. The suspension does not mean that a link has been found between the swine flu vaccine and the body syndrome. WOR's Ed Nash reports. New Jersey's public immunization program already has ended, but a state medical officer says the risk of anyone coming down with the Guillain-Barre syndrome is exceptionally small. Dr. Ronald Altman the state epidemiologist puts it this way. The risk of any one individual who, developed, who got immunized developing gear and played is very small, much, much less than one in 100,000, less than that even. Uh, and we don't even know if there's definitely an association. The reason the moratorium was placed is that there is enough suspicion now that it is prudent not to go ahead with the immunization. Dr. Altman says the state has stopped all distribution of the vaccine. He also said the New Jersey Health Department and health departments in other states had been investigating the possibility of the syndrome affecting those who may have been immunized, and their composite findings resulted in this temporary moratorium on further immunizations. This is Ed Nash, WOR News. The federal judge has ordered former President Nixon and two of his administration officials to pay damages to a national security aide whose telephone was tapped by the government. Besides Nixon, the order applies to former U.S. Attorney General John Mitchell and one-time White House Chief of Staff H.R. Haldeman. The damages were ordered paid to a former chief of the National Security Council Planning Group, Morton Halperin. U.S. District Court Judge John Lewis Smith, Jr. says he'll determine the amount of damages to be paid Halperin after hearing arguments later on that question. 
Coming up, Carter names four. WOR 710 News Time. Three minutes past eight o'clock. President-elect Carter has named his top national security and economic advisors and his ambassador to the United Nations. Simultaneously, Carter heatedly denied that outside pressures are affecting his cabinet's election. The Georgian called news accounts of internal discord and external pressure, quote, absolutely and terribly inaccurate, end quote. Carter named a 44-year-old black congressman from Atlanta, Andrew Young, to be United Nations ambassador. He chose as his chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors 52-year-old Charles Schultz, who was budget director during the Lyndon Johnson administration. And Carter named a 48-year-old Columbia University political scientist, Yvignu Brzezinski, as head of the National Security Council. At an afternoon news conference, the man named to head that council, Brzezinski, pledged to give his best to increase international cooperation. I deeply believe that we are at a time when we as a nation confront two fundamental alternatives. Either the imperative of increased, of greater international cooperation or the specter of increasing global turbulence. It will be a time which will demand the very best from us. Not only intellectually, but morally. And I pledge to give all that I can on both. That's the incoming head of the National Security Council, Mr. Brzezinski. Mayor A. Beam announces a change in felony arrangement procedures, which he says will save more than $500,000 a year in police overtime costs and get officers back to street patrol faster. Under this program, which starts Monday, police officers in Manhattan and Brooklyn criminal courts will not be required to be present at the arraignment. Beam said that after being interviewed by an assistant district attorney, the officer will be excused after the complaint is drawn up. The police now spend an average of four hours in court after the complaint is written up. A 20-year-old woman fired from her job as a store Santa Claus in Omaha, Nebraska, charges discrimination. But the store manager who fired Melody Moore comments, quote, You just can't afford to disillusion a child. Miss Moore had played Santa six times before being called on to turn in her red suit and white beard. But she says a store representative told her parents had complained that a woman ruined the image of Santa Claus. And here we come to the Weather Watch update for New York City and vicinity with your weekend coming up starting tomorrow. Cloudy with periods of rain and fog tonight. Low in the low 30s. Partly cloudy tomorrow and tomorrow night. Highs tomorrow Friday in the low 40s. Then the low tomorrow night should be in the low 30s. The chance of rain is way up there. It's 60% tonight. Then 20% tomorrow and 20% tomorrow night. Winds north to northeast, increasing to 15 to 25 miles an hour tonight, becoming north to northwest at the same speeds tomorrow and again tomorrow night. This quick word on the possible price of oil. Compromise may be in the works concerning an oil price increase by OPEC, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. Saudi Arabia's minister flew home today from a meeting of oil cartel ministers in Qatar, but returned to the conference eight hours later. He departed after the OPEC ministers rejected his plan for a six-month 
price freeze. A Saudi spokesman says in the Persian Gulf capital that his country's delegate, Sheikh Ahmed Zaki Yamani, would not have returned unless he carried a compromise. Top stories at this hour. Public health spokesman in Washington says suspension of swine flu shots is the wise course to have taken. Carter names black congressman from Georgia, Andrew Young, to be United Nations ambassador. Stocks moved down on this day. And that's the 8 o'clock news. John Wingate reporting. Next news on the station. As always, the moment it happens, when it happens, we get there. On the scene. Next scheduled news, I'll be back. At 9 o'clock this evening. Here on WOR, Radio 710. On September 22, 1975, WOR was granted a license by the Federal Communications Commission to serve the public interest as a public trustee until June 1st of 1978. We are obligated to make a continuing, diligent effort to determine the significant problems and needs of our service area and to provide programming to help meet those problems and needs. We invite listeners to send specific suggestions or comments concerning our station operation and programming efforts to WOR, 1440 Broadway, New York, New York, 10018. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Because plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today.